Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Kay McKinney, and this is episode number 129 of the podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, I'm talking about all the moves made so far during this wild and crazy NBA free agency. And let's start with the biggest of them all, the big free agent Gordon Hayward, an all-star player, played three years for the Boston Celtics, his best years with the Utah Jazz. He had an injury-plagued run during his free seasons with the Celtics. He opted out of $34 million, and everybody's biggest question these last few days is where will Gordon Hayward land? We talked about the Knicks, we talked about the Hawks, we talked about his beloved Indiana Pacers because that would take him back to his hometown. No, he ends up with the Charlotte Hornets, and the only connection that he has with the Charlotte Hornets is that he accepted an offer from them when he was a restricted free agent back when he was with Utah. Utah matched that offer, so Gordon Hayward never got to play with Charlotte. Now he is a member of the Charlotte Hornets for four years and $120 million. I am not a fan of this move for the Charlotte Hornets. I don't think it's that big a loss for the Celtics, and I'll get to that in a minute, but I'm just not a fan of this move for the Charlotte Hornets. Michael Jordan wasn't willing to pay up for Kemba Walker, the best player in franchise history, but he's willing to pay Gordon Hayward, who's been injured all three seasons that he was with the Celtics, four years and $120 million? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, last offseason, before this year, Kemba Walker was the Iron Man of NBA players. He played 82 games almost every season, and the Charlotte Hornets were like, no, we'd rather not pay you all that money, but they'll pay Gordon Hayward, injury play Gordon Hayward, a max contract. That's insanity right there. It doesn't make any sense, and their whole roster right now doesn't make any sense. You have LaMelo Ball, you have Terry Rozier, you have some nice players. Malik Monk is a good scorer at times, but I don't think that they're a very good team, and now that they're going to rely on Gordon Hayward to be their best player, I don't see them getting much, much better right now. The way I see it, the way they're paying him, he needs to be that guy from Utah, the Gordon Hayward that could get 25-5-5, and and I don't see that happening anytime soon. And I think if his biggest issue was that he doesn't want to play under young players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, how does it make sense to go to the Charlotte Hornets that are going to have a guy like LaMelo Ball? What if LaMelo Ball turns into a superstar player? Is the exact same thing going to happen again? I think that's what happened to Al Horford. Al Horford went away from the Celtics because he didn't want to play with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then he went to Philadelphia, and it got even worse with young players like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It doesn't make any sense for these star players like Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, or even Kyrie Irving to avoid playing with young players just to join other teams that have other young players. It doesn't make any sense, and it's the reason why I'll defend the Boston Celtics. It's not their fault that all these free agents end up leaving them. It's that these guys have these ridiculous idea of how veteran players should be the best players on their teams. And when there's guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on your team, you just can't score as many points or be the face of the team the way that you used to be. And you have to be able to accept that and not move on to worse situations. I'm going to compare Gordon Hayward's time with the Boston Celtics to J.D. Drew's time with the Boston Red Sox. J.D. Drew was a natural 
baseball player. Whenever he was on the field, he could make an impact, but he missed too much time for my taste. And it's the same with Gordon Hayward. He's a good player, but he became injury plagued with the Boston Celtics. So it was time for the Celtics to move on. Gordon Hayward was overpaid the same way J.D. Drew was overpaid. Now, should the Boston Celtics maybe have been able to get something for Gordon Hayward? Possibly. But I don't love Miles Turner, and I don't love those other players on Indiana. I think the Boston Celtics need to get role players on this team, not more guys who want to score points. I think Hayward leaving the Celtics will work out for the Celtics way more than it will work out for Gordon Hayward. Now let's move on to some other NBA free agency news. Gordon Dragic re-signed with the Miami Heat for two years and $30 million. This is a great signing for the Miami Heat. Goran Dragic absolutely balled out in the NBA postseason. I think he's one of the biggest reasons why they got to the NBA Finals. He's one of my favorite point guards. And Sacramento Kings point guard De'Aaron Fox has signed a five-year max contract extension to stay with the Sacramento Kings. He's one of the best young point guards in the league. He's one of the fastest players in the NBA. This guy is a joy to watch. And it's good for the Kings to have a young core that's going to be led by De'Aaron Fox. Another surprising move that occurred is reigning sixth man of the year Montrez Harrell leaves Kawhi Leonard in the Clippers to join up with LeBron James and the LA Lakers. This was a team that had already traded for Dennis Schroeder, who was a runner-up for sixth man of the year. I mean, the Lakers are stacked at this point. I think they are now the prohibitive favorites to win the NBA championship next year. They're going to get Anthony Davis back. They're going to add Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, who are big upgrades over the two players that they basically lost, Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard. I mean, those are better point guards and centers than the ones that they've lost. Yes, maybe they'll miss Avery Bradley. Maybe they'll miss Rondo when he's clutch in the postseason. But getting these guys, these are all-star caliber players who are still really, really young and getting better. Dennis Schroeder had his best season last year and Montrez Harrell scored 18 points off the bench and won six man of the year. This is elite moves made by Lakers GM Rob Palenka. Also, Jeremy Grant leaves the Denver Nuggets to sign with the Detroit Pistons. He signed for $60 million. Now, a lot of people have made fun of the moves the Detroit Pistons have been doing out there. The Detroit Pistons seem to be signing every big man available. They give Jeremy Grant $60 million. They signed Mason Plumley and Jalil Okafor to multi-year deals. The Detroit Pistons seem to be a team without an identity. Now there's rumors they're going to try to trade Blake Griffin. This team does not know what direction it's going in. And it's kind of sad because when I grew up, this was one of the best teams in the NBA. They had Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, Tayshaun Prince, Ben Wallace. They had the best starting five. Antonio McDice, they were such a great team to watch. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals six years in a row. They won a championship in 2004. They were one of the best teams in the NBA. 
and now they're without a direction as the league gets smaller and the point guards are dominating. They're paying way too much for below average big men. Mason Plumlee is a backup. Jaleel Okafor is a backup. You're paying way too much money for these type of players. Jeremy Grant is a good player. He's not a $20 million a year type player. And by the way, this sounding like he wants to go to the Detroit Pistons to score more points. Remember when DeAndre Jordan wanted to join the Mavericks to score more points? There's a reason you're not an elite scorer and the Denver Nuggets don't want you scoring more points. This will not work out for Jeremy Grant and the Detroit Pistons. Danilo Gallinari signs with the Atlanta Hawks for three years, $61 million. This guy is one of my favorite players in the league. I thought he was really good no matter what team he's on. The Knicks, the Nuggets, the Thunder. This guy puts up points. He's consistent. He's a, he misses way too many games for my taste, but I think this is a good addition for the Atlanta Hawks. They have Trey Young. They also add veteran point guard Rajon Rondo. I think the Atlanta Hawks will make the postseason next year. They have John Collins. They have Trey Young. Mark my words, the Atlanta Hawks are going to make the NBA postseason and be one of the most exciting teams to watch moving forward. And while the Clippers lost Montrez Harrell, they re-signed Marcus Morris to a four-year, $64 million deal. Some people are saying Marcus Morris got way too much money. I think this guy is a bucket getter, and he has become a really good, consistent three-point shooter, and he's an underrated defender. I think this is a good signing for the Clippers. They can't lose Harrell and Morris, so they probably had to overpay him a bit. I think the direction of the Clippers, if they're ever going to win a championship, it's probably going to have to be next season, because if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get it done in year two, then they're probably going to try to move on from this team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I think they would want to keep Kawhi Leonard for the future, but I do think they would want to move on from Paul George. This is a big year for the Clippers, and now it looks like they're going to be not even close as good to the Lakers. This is a type of year where the Clippers need to exceed expectations and not just reach them. This is a huge year for that franchise. Now let's get to some guys who have gotten overpaid in my estimation. Davis Bertrands is a really good stretch big man. He can basically play three different positions for the Washington Wizards. They gave this guy five years and $80 million. The Washington Wizards are just paying money to whoever wants it. They have this conflict with John Wall. He now wants out. Is it going to be John Wall's team? Is it going to be Bradley Beal's team? This is a question that the Wizards never seemingly want to answer, and now they're out here paying Davis Bertrand's big-time money. They already did this with a guy who I didn't think deserved it with Otto Porter, and now he's with the Chicago Bulls. I don't think this is a smart contract for a team that's not on the cusp of winning anything. And then, for the Brooklyn Nets, they give Joe Harris a sharpshooter five years and $75 million. Listen, I really like Joe Harris. You need three-point shooting on your team, but don't give this guy five years and $75 million? That's way too much. And if this year doesn't play out well with Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, you could be left with a really bad contract with Joe Harris. Yes, you'll probably think it could be movable because he's a really good three-point shooter, but again, you don't want to be left with bad contracts if this thing blows up in your face. And the fact that they paid that much for Joe Harris shows 
me, they're probably not going to trade for James Harden. I don't see that move happening, even if James Harden wants to join Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Also, Jordan Clarkson, one of the better shooting guards in the league, signed a four-year, $52 million deal to remain with the Utah Jazz. Well, Derek Favors, the big man, is coming back to the Utah Jazz on a three-year, $30 million deal. The Utah Jazz are a team for me that needs to live up to the hype. They have Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley didn't really work out for them. Maybe in year two, things will go better. This team needs to go back to the way they were in 2018 and not 2020, because I thought they were better the year before last. The Utah Jazz, I mean, they have Quinn Snyder, they have Donovan Mitchell. This, again, is a big year for the Utah Jazz. They had a heartbreaking loss to the Denver Nuggets. Keeping Clarkson is a must. Derek Favors is a guy who I like. I don't know how much of an impact it's going to make, but still, this team needs to make improvements. I've talked about all the big-time signings that have been made so far during NBA free agency. Now let's talk about the crazy trades that have been made this week. And the biggest one has to be Chris Paul going from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Phoenix Suns. This is the best possible thing for Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. This is a big time step in the Phoenix Suns becoming legitimate teams to compete in the Western Conference. They absolutely balled out in the NBA bubble and won every single game there. So I'm a little cautious for them to make improvements, but I think they've made the right improvement. Getting a guy like Chris Paul, he is such a good leader with a young team. That Oklahoma City Thunder team had no right of being as good as they were, but he was such a good mentor to a guy like Shea Gillisley-Alexander, to a guy like Dennis Schroeder, and I think he could do the exact same thing with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I think a lot of people have talked about how this is going to help out DeAndre Ayton more, but I think Devin Booker has never played with an elite point guard. The Phoenix Suns are going to make the postseason next year, and Chris Paul is going to be the biggest reason why. Devin Booker is going to be able to put up big-time stats, and Chris Paul is going to be the floor general that the Phoenix Suns have desperately wanted since Steve Nash left. Drew Holiday being traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is an underrated move. I think Drew Holiday, when he gets to the postseason absolutely balls out. I mean, people seem to forget how he shut down the Portland Trailblazers a few years ago. This guy is one of the best defensive guards in the league, and he's also a shot maker. I think this is a big-time upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Maybe they won't get Bogdanovich from the Sacramento Kings. That sign and trade didn't go through, but I think Drew Holiday is still a big-time upgrade, and I think it's the type of move that could get the Milwaukee Bucks to the NBA Finals and keep Giannis Antetokounmpo happy moving forward. And that's what the Bucks are trying to do. They don't need to make all the big sexy moves getting all the superstars. They need to get enough pieces around Giannis Antetokounmpo so he doesn't have to literally do everything on the court. And I think Drew Holiday at times is the best defensive guard on the court. And listen, the Bucks bench has improved a little bit too. They signed Bobby Portis. I'm not saying that these are great franchise-defining 
amazing moves, but these could be the moves that make the Milwaukee Bucks a lot better moving forward. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, a lot of people like myself are talking about Drew Holiday being the replacement for Eric Bledsoe, but in reality, he might be the replacement for Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, when they had that defensive-minded guard, that's when they were that elite team, and then they lost him, and they lost to the Miami Heat in the playoffs. So maybe getting a guy like Drew Holiday is the move the Milwaukee Bucks needed the most. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's the replacement to Malcolm Brogdon, the position they never really filled. Because in reality, Eric Bledsoe is no Malcolm Brogdon. He's a regular season player who absolutely is one of the best point guards during the regular season, but then falls off in the postseason. For Drew Holiday, again, I've seen him shine in the postseason against the Portland Trailblazers. He is one of the best defensive guards in the league. The Philadelphia 76ers have traded Al Horford, one of the worst contracts in the league, to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And in return, they get Danny Green. The Philadelphia 76ers also separately traded Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. These are the moves the Philadelphia 76ers needed to make. Daryl Morey understands something that maybe Elton Brand didn't. And Elton Brand is still their GM. But the reason why Daryl Morey is now his boss is because he understands that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid need to be surrounded by three-point shooting. That's why the 76ers were special for a while. They had J.J. Redick, one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and they didn't replace him. It wasn't about how Al Horford didn't fit with the Sixers. It's that they tried to make Al Horford and Josh Richardson to be their three-point weapons, and those guys are average three-point shooters. Now you bring in a guy like Seth Curry, who is the light out from free. Those are the types of moves that need to be done. And even Danny Green, he had a not-so-great three-point shooting year with the Lakers, but if he gets back to being a respectable three-point shooter, these moves could be the difference from the Philadelphia 76ers being a mess last year to returning to their rightful spot as one of the best teams in the NBA. I mean, they have two star players in the prime of their careers and they can't shoot the ball, so you need to surround them with free point shooting. And that's exactly what Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers are doing. And it's going to work out for them. Seth Curry is a huge addition. Danny Green is a pretty good addition. Surround your best players who don't shoot the ball well with free point shooting. That's the answer. Al Horford wasn't terrible with the 76ers. He can still play basketball. The problem was they were asking him to be the free point shooter for that team and he's not that. I expect Al Horford to bounce back quite well with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He just wasn't the answer for the Sixers, but Seth Curry and Danny Green just might be. Another crazy move that transpired was Kelly Oubre was traded to the Golden State Warriors after they lost Clay Thompson for the entire season due to Achilles' injury. Kelly Oubre is no Clay Thompson, but there is a chance for the Golden State Warriors to at least to get back to a respectable level. They made their first round draft pick, and they still have some talent. And oh, by the way, Steph Curry is coming back. And if Steph Curry is healthy, you cannot tell me that at the very least, the Warriors won't be a fun team to watch. Andrew Wiggins, we're going to see if he can finally become a respectable NBA player. I mean, at the very least, the Warriors are going to be fun to watch. I don't know if Kelly Oubre is going to be a big difference maker in them being one of the best teams in the West, but I think they will compete for a 
playoff spot. And the last big trade I want to talk about is Steven Adams being traded to the New Orleans Pelicans. What a move from the Pelicans. David Griffin is one of the best executives in basketball. Get Jeff Van Gundy a big man to go along with Zion so Zion doesn't have to do all of the dirty work. That's what you do when you have these elite scoring big men. You don't want Zion Williamson to tire out because he has to get all the rebounds. Steven Adams is going to do all of the dirty work. And again, that team, hopefully they get Brandon Ingram back. I think they're going to sign him to a max deal. I think it's possible for the Pelicans to take that next step and make it back to the postseason. And maybe this time around, they can please a guy like Zion moving into the future so that when he becomes a free agent, he'll want to stay with the organization. This is the best move to do for Zion. Bring in a guy like Steven Adams and do all of the dirty work. It's been a crazy offseason in the NBA already, and it's just getting started. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, so please rate, review, and subscribe.